Welcome to Cut Under the Bullet in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And P. Hello. Today, we're going to bring you Medieval Medicine Part 2. Yeah. On this, obviously, record the ninth day of mourning for Her Majesty the Queen. And if someone could send me something on TV that isn't Queen-related to watch, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I've just been watching Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, terrestrial, watch it again. terrestrial television or Sky... There's not much else. I should imagine it's been invoking quite a few suicides, hasn't it? Because, you know, the, the older generation, they're getting proper down by it, aren't they? Oh, God, uh... It is a They'll sad freeze thing. to death this winter as a mark of respect to her. <laughs> it, it is sad. It's a funeral tomorrow. Day off tomorrow. Will, that will it, day off tomorrow. It, that will put it to bed because it's the 10th day of morning. So from after tomorrow, we should be clear... There should be no more Queen on all the telly. Yeah, and then it'll be the King's coronation, wouldn't it? Yeah, they'll yeah, for that day. It'll be about the Sky News transfer ticker. Yeah. It's like 17 days, 18 hours, 14 minutes, and 30 seconds to go until the coronation. No, have, they, have they got the date? No, they haven't. No, I'm right. just, I'm just you know the Sky Sports transfer yeah, ticker yeah, yeah. runs for the entire month of January. Because yeah. I, I should imagine that won't be in the too far off distant future would it no no that'll stick the out on his head before Christmas for sure oh yeah, yeah. it'll be the Christmas present to the nation mm. hopefully it'll be another bank holiday or I don't the they won't let us have another one profits choose a bank holiday now nah, we're going into recession <laughs> this is a grudging one <laughs> or they'll do it on a Sunday yeah Saturday probably mm. twats cancel the football again right let's thank some of the returning listeners and then crack on with uh, some weird medieval medicine Richmond Hill in Canada, Fort Lauderdale in Florida, Spring Valley, New York, Dublin in Ireland, Frankfurt, Maine, New City, New York, Farmington in, in is that Miss Michigan? Am I? Mm-hmm. Yep. Calanda in Canada, Queens, New York, Minneapolis, Minnesota, London, but in Canada, Ooh. Stone Mountain, Georgia, Dalton in Georgia, Perryville, Missouri, Madrid in Spain, Stevenage in the United Kingdom, Charleston, South Carolina, in the US, Bengaluru in India, Manchester in the UK, Boardman, Oregon, Ashburn, Virginia, Guadalajara, Spain, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Top this week. Thank you for listening. I want to go there so bad. Just because I love the word Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know, it's just a good word to say. Albuquerque. Try it, listeners. Albuquerque. But well, Siri was just set as well. We can't it? hear them, Pete. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the response. They can't hear you yet. I do have an audience of three, <laughs> at least. I said, I just said it. I said it during the list. Do you sang it? Yeah. We might play the team down, as always. What's new? Say it, Mike. Who is at number one? Albuquerque. I was trying to think what the show, the name that show is. The meth dealer. The teacher becomes a meth dealer. What, Breaking Bad? That's it, fucking hell. That's from Albuquerque, Mexico, isn't it? That's there. Well, it's certainly around that area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, right, let's crack on with some medieval medicine. Yep. (laughs) Let's crack on. (laughs) He he, he got the pun out and he didn't even know he got it. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I do. Even though it was meth, but... (laughs) (laughs) St. Paul's Potion for Epilepsy, Catalepsy and Stomach Problems. Supposedly invented by St. Paul himself. Mm. Wow. Mm. What's cat? Cal- he used to go to his church. 
Oh, there's loads of St. Paul's, is though, isn't there? He's Went to his school as well. He's the main man, isn't he? I don't know what catalepsy is, Claire. It's where you become a cat. <laughs> you start thrashing around going... <laughs> yeah. But on the plus side, you can lick your own balls. <laughs> yeah, man. I want catalepsy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That'd be gross. The extensive list of ingredients included licorice, sage, willow, roses, fennel, cinnamon, ginger, cloves... Coromant blood, mandrake, dragon's blood, and three kinds of pepper. Most of them sounded pretty good until they got to the the cormorant blood, whatever yeah, that is. That's a bird. Seabird, I think. And the dragon's blood. They're not killing a dragon for that, though, so it's okay. Well, I'm pretty sure they're not because they don't exist. So, what were they using instead? It is a thing. There's a, a, a something called dragon's is blood, isn't there? Herb or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Three kinds of pepper, though, just to add a bit of flavour. <laughs> yeah, Was St. Paul's a proto-Colonel Sanders? He sound, it sounds be. like it. That does actually sound very much like the ingredients to the secret recipe. What if that is the ingredient to the secret recipe? <laughs> Maybe it is. That's why they don't tell you. They don't want you to know about the mandrake. <laughs> <laughs> don't hear it scream! <laughs> Although this does sound like a real witch's brew, most of the ingredients do have some medicinal value. Licorice is good for the chest, it was, and continues to be used to treat coughs and bronchitis. Oh. Sage is thought to improve blood flow to the brain and help one's memory. I should start eating sage. You should do with a bucket yeah. load, mate. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Willow contains salicylic acid, a component of aspirin. And a little man. <laughs> well, why not? Willow! Yeah, there's a new series, isn't there? There is a series coming. Oh, please tell me that fucking. Good. He is, he's Willow. Oh, he is, he's Willow. He's Willow! It actually what, looks. He really is Willow again? It actually looks really good. I just don't like him. I really dislike Warwick Davis. Oh, yeah, he does my tits. Is oh, he? He's yeah. alright. I like him. He's not offensive. Do you know what? He's never said a bad word about either of you two. <laughs> <laughs> you bitches. Oh, God, if Yuri Geller ever listens, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. I just don't like Warwick Davis. He's my least favourite dwarf actor. I, 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 I disliked him more when I watched Carl Pilkington, Idiot Abroad, because mm. they sent him with him, didn't they? Yeah, but I, right. think, I think they made him act like a diva to piss off. To piss Carl To, to make it harder for Carl. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think they. Ricky Gervais obviously was like, right. Who does he Lay it on like, fucking that, that, Yeah, he'd be like, who doesn't he like? Who's he, he going to be really like uncomfortable with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get. You know, so that would be ideal for me. And that was. Well, um, <laughs> it, it, I think it was more who really doesn't like Carl Pilkington. I know who really doesn't like him. Remember when he phoned fucking Warwick Davis? Yeah, right. Because he yeah. phoned him up, didn't he? And like spoke to him like. But yeah, either way, I'm going off it. Willow, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fennel, cinnamon, ginger are all carminatives, which relieve gas in the intestines and would relieve a colicky stomach. Cormorant blood or any cormorant, cormorant sorry. Or that of any other warm-blooded creature would add iron for amenia, amenia, anemia. Anemia. Mandrake, though poisonous, is a good sleeping draught. But it is. Using yeah. small doses. And dragon's blood. It's not dragon. It's not blood at all. And certainly not from a mythical beast. Haha, <laughs> which we alluded to. It is the bright resin of the tree Dracaena Draco, a species native to Morocco, Cape Verde, and the Canary Islands. Well, that came from Plant Draco, didn't it? <laughs> Are you suggesting the reptilians gave us that as yeah. some kind of medicine? How did um, they get these all back in the day then? Well, I suppose it's traded, isn't it? It's 
Mm. You know, they'd be you'd send literally send someone to Morocco or Cape Verde or the Canary Isles or somewhere. All those exotic spices. There was traders. There's traders. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's coming over. Modern research shows that dragon's blood is an antiseptic, antibiotic, anti antiviral, and, and wound healing properties. People should have started injecting that with COVID then. Yeah. It's still used in some part, of the, uh, some parts of the world to treat dysentery. You don't want that. No, you don't want that. You don't want to shit yourself to death. No. Not nice, is it? Nah, I can think of better ways to die. Mm. I think it must be one of the worst. To be fair, Ebola's going to be my worst illness. After you take away like setting on fire and drowning. It's, mm. it's drowning sea supposed to be very peaceful. Yeah, not that initial panic where you're thrashing around. No. No. Once the panic's gone, yeah. Leprosy is pretty bad, though, isn't it? Untreated. It's just falling yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't want a bowler either, where you just end up vomiting your stomach in. No, but at least you'll be over in a matter of days, won't it? At least five to seven weeks. Leprosy, you've probably lived for years with that condition. Yeah. Suffering every day. Makes drowning look quite good, doesn't it? To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Just drag me in the bath. Get, it, get it over and done with. <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, Put me out, me miss. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. If I'm, if we're all stuck here, you're not fucking going anywhere, mate. Yeah, you <laughs> I think you're getting out of this. <laughs> Sciatica, sciatica's a bastard, isn't it? Ever, anyone ever had sciatica? I did when I was pregnant. Mm. No. I had it once and it was just literally me laid up on the sofa for about five days. My ex-wife used to suffer with it. Yeah, not so much nowadays, but yeah. Oh, yeah. For those who are not sure what it is, it's pain caused by irritation or compression of the sciatic nerve, which runs from the back of your pelvis all the way down your legs. Yep, and a number of medieval remedies suggested variations of the following. Taking a spoonful of the gall of a red ox and two spoonfuls of water pepper and four of the patient's urine and as much cumin as half a French nut and as much sweet as a small nut and break and bruise your tumin. I boiled it. Suet. Tumin. Suet, you said sweet. Oh, yeah. sorry. Isn't it cumin? Suet, yeah. Boil these together so they're like a gruel. Nice. Lay them on the hip <laughs> against the fire as hot as you may bear it and anoint him with the same ointment for a quarter of an hour or half a quarter, and then clap on a hot cloth folded five or six times, and at night lay a hot sheet folded many times to the spot and let him lie still for two or three days, and he should not feel pain, but be well. So I'll try that the next time I have that. Mm. If I ever have it again. Basically what they were doing, was, was heat. they were doing like a heat remedy. Yeah, yeah that was what yeah. it was. The, which is exactly the same as getting a heat patch, which is what yeah. you do now. The mix yeah. of those liquids yeah. and such like, with the pepper and things like that, you'll probably find that created the heat in itself like you would now. No, like I, if I you use like deep heat or something, maybe that did that Did you have itself. to use the piss though? I don't think they... They liked piss though, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah. I suppose does it have antiseptic qualities, piss? It can have, yeah. In fact, I worked with an Estonian guy that said it was the best thing in Estonia, everyone pisses on open wounds. Sorry, Latvia. He was Latvian. He was a bit of a country Latvian. Sounds it. But he was like, yeah, yeah, I once trod on this nail on a building site I was working on. So I just got took my boot off and just pissed on my foot. And I was like, right. And the guy was like, oh, I've got some antiseptic wipes here, you know. No, no, I've pissed on it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nothing beats piss. Apparently, <laughs> pissing on jelly stings does nothing, does it? That does no, nothing. It does no, nothing. It is a myth. Urine does have antiseptic properties. People drink it for yeah. for like medicinal. But like, it was definitely keeps it sterile. I like the taste. Keeping themselves mm. looking young and things like that. Apparently. Well, this sciatic patient should have drank that because um, cumin is meant to have a very anti-inflammatory property. Ah. Taken and. You could have missed it all, everything out except the cumin. Are you drinking that? No, you could have missed everything out except the cumin, just cumin water. Even what, the gall of a red ox? Yeah, Yeah, why not? Why not? That's just a bit of symbolism, isn't it? Oh, it looks inflamed, but I get something red on it. Yeah. Well, apparently it was perhaps the bed rest and the heat treatments that did the trick. Yeah, Yeah, probably what it is. You know, give it a few days and if not doing too much, it'll wear off. Massage can sort it out as well, though. Oh, what about burns and scolds? Who wants to take burns and scolds? Take a live snail and rub the slime against the burn and it will heal. Wow, okay. A nice simple DIY remedy and yes, it would help reduce blistering and ease the pain. Well, it, you know, you can see snail trails, can't you, when you're, you know, yeah. out and about. Can you see? Recent research has shown that snail slime contains antioxidants, antiseptic, anaesthetic, anti-irritant... Anesthetic. Anesthetic, anti-irritant, anti-inflammatory, and antibiotic and antiviral properties, wow. as well as collagen and elastin. Because you can, I know you can get a, a snail face cream. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that. It's well pricey. The snail trails are a mess, though, aren't they? Which ones are you talking about now, Pete? <laughs> that girlfriend tried with no legs or a snail. <laughs> <laughs> she was horny all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <her. laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the snail didn't It was really funny. I was going to make that joke. I was going to say, well, you know why women have legs? Have you seen the nest that snails make? Mm. But you all kind of beat me to it on mm. really, the roundabout oh, Of course we did. We're all sickos. <laughs> <laughs> Eating the clams, the first one that came out. <laughs> That's the best of us all. It's <laughs> always <laughs> the quiet ones, isn't yeah. it? Funnily enough, I had a date Tuesday and she asked me to listen to the podcast and after she did, she didn't want to see me again. Says <laughs> 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 where Is that how you test my Listen to this. Yeah, if you stick laugh. around. Yeah, if, if, you can, if you can listen to that for an hour, we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> if not, let's just not even bother. I do say to him, look, I'm, I'm not like I am on the podcast. I'm actually quite nice. I'm only a dick for comedic effect. <laughs> Uh, but they never buy it, do they? They don't, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tragic. Anyway, so yeah, if you want to have nice skin, let snail run over your face. Go to sleep wearing a mask of live snails. I'll take the sty because I had one just mm. the other day. So for a sty on the eye, take equal amounts. Sty on the eye is all mine, all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, really hate having a sty. Mm. It is very irritating. It really is. So, take equal amounts of onion or leek. There is still debate about whether crop leek, as stated on the original recipe, is in bald leech book. Isn't that Baldrick's leech book? <laughs> <laughs> Bald's leech book is equivalent to an onion or leek today and garlic and then pound them well together. So you take onion and garlic, pound them together. Well, stick them on your eye. Take equal amounts of wine and bull's gall there it is again. and mix them with onion and garlic. 
the onion and garlic that you've already prepared in equal amounts. Put the mixture in a brass bowl and let it stand for nine nights. Nine nights, not ten, not uh, eight, but nine. Precisely nine. Nine nights. Then strain it through a cloth. Then about... Hold on, right. If you've got a fucking sty, by the time this remedy's mm. ready, it's gone anyway. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm guessing, though... Maybe the apothecary at the time, when you pop down to the apothecary, yeah, he yeah. might have some made yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. So then, about night time, apply it to the eye with a feather. Ooh. Okay. Would this Anglo-Saxon recipe have done any good? The onion, garlic, bull's gall, all have antibiotic properties and would have helped the eye. Uh-huh. An infection at the root of it. It's an eyelash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what the sty is, isn't it? So yeah, the wine contains acetic acid, which over nine days would react with the copper in the brass bowl and form copper salts, which are bacteri- bactericidal. They are bactericidal, so they kill bacteria. Mm. No. Recently, students at Nottingham University made up and tested a remedy. At first, the mixture made the lab smell like a cook's shop with Ooh. garlic, onions and wine. But over the nine days, the mixture developed into a stinking, gloopy goo. <laughs> yeah. Desp- well, it would though, wouldn't it? Because yeah, yeah. it would break down all the onion and everything, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, despite its uncompromising odour, and appearance. Students tested the antibiotic properties and discovered that it is excellent. Mm. The recipe is now being further investigated as a treatment against the antibiotic resistant MRSA bug. And it looks hopeful. So the ancient apothecary was right about the remedy but it was one that needed to be prepared in advance for sale over the counter. I um, always got told to rub a gold ring on it. Yeah, but it's got to be good gold, not this nine carat crap. No, no. It's got to be like at least 18 carat. I had one a few years ago, my old work mum, you know, when you're at work and you have like a, there's always like an older lady, she's like, takes care of everyone. She's like my work mum. And she come up to me and like, took her wedding ring off and just started rubbing it on my eye. (laughs) (laughs) Get all the microbes in there, please. I know. I was like, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, what was the last time you washed that? Yeah. Did she grab you by the balls while she did it? In all fairness, <laughs> she was the cleaner and she'd always have really clean hands. Well, at least she's used to sanitary. Mm. <laughs> say her finger could have been up her husband's arse. More than likely. <laughs> Ring deep, wow. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, that, that little sty did turn into full-on fucking yeah. eye... You've got to go for a knuckle, knuckle Ben. <laughs> yeah, did turn into full-on pink eye. That's that's why Pete there was a glass eye. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Shit. See, there's a lesson in this, children. Glass eye, Pete. Stop rubbing rings on your eye. Everyone gets a bit of pink eye now and again. Okay, for gout, they used to take an owl and pluck it clean. (laughs) Open it, clean and salt it, put in a new pot and cover it with a stone and put it in an oven. Let it stand till it be burned. And then stamp it with boar's grease and anoint the gout therewith. That one's already not working, is no. it? Okay. And so you've got yeah. to kill an owl. Yeah. And you've got to catch an owl. Look at that. How many owls did Henry VIII go through, do you think? <laughs> yes, that's an no, owl. Henry VIII. Henry VIII, don't ask me who it is. It's Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> 
migraines. Take half a dish of barley, one handful each of betony, vervain and other herbs that are good for the head and when they be well boiled together, take them up and wrap them in a cloth and lay them to the sick head and it shall be whole. Betony, a grassland herb, was used by the medieval and Tudor apothecary as an ingredient in remedies to be taken internally for all kinds of ailments as well as in poultices for external use. As in this case, modern medicine still make use of the alkaloid drugs found in Bethany for treating severe headaches and migraines. Mm. So they were on it then. Yeah. There was something there to it. But remember, you've had like quite a long time of trial and error with this, haven't you? I was thinking trial about error, yeah. Yeah. It is like, they don't need Plus the... Down, isn't it? They don't need the ox gall, but it's like, well, we've always had it in there and no one's died yet. Yeah. People seem to like the pink colour, it turns out. <laughs> They said oxgall was antibiotic as well. Ah, all right. You do need it in. Well, the gall, I suppose, the gallbladder. It does hold all sorts of bits and bobs, doesn't it? I don't know if it said that was the case. I don't know. They didn't need the red ox gall because I was just like, well, well, we got a red ox. What if they haven't got a red ox? Will any ox do? Yeah, any old ox. (laughs) No, it says it. Yeah, it was a load of bollocks, really, because it was for the. Static nerve, wasn't it? It was just the heat pad. Yeah, I suppose. So there was another one. There was another that one with Gordon that said it was. I'm sure it was the, one of the students. Well, it's in there. It said it works, so it's, it's in there, I guess. Mm. Oh well, maybe we'll test this. Fine, let's. We'll, I'm not killing an ox. We'll go find an ox, rip out its gall. I'm not performing homemade field surgery on an ox. Right, it was the it wine. Me. It was the wine reacting with the copper. No, oh, it wasn't there. No. Oh, because it, it sort of branded it was all good in the in the line. Didn't yeah. It? Quinsy. What's Quinsy? Oh, Quinsy is a fake throat infection. Take a fat cat <laughs> and flay it well. Oh, fucking hell! Me. What? Flay it. What? what? Skin it. Skin it. Right. Clean and draw out the guts. Take the geese. The grease. The what? The grease of a hedgehog. Take the grease, the of, a grease head- of a hedgehog. Take the grease of a hedgehog. Who's hanging about in pairs? Take a geese and hedgehogs. You've got to watch it when you get a gang of them coming into town. So take the grease of a hedgehog and the fat of a bear and resins and... Fenugreek? Fenugreek and sage and gum of honeysuckle and virgin wax. What? All this crumble small and stuff the cat within as you would a goose. Roast it all together and grease and anoint him. The patient with it. The patient? Yeah. So you, you get in all you stuff the cat with oh, oh, different kind of fats. You cook it all up. Hedgehog grease. Cook it all up. Tasty. And then you use the grease that comes off that, the fats, to it all over him. spread it all over the throat. Yeah. Sounds kind of tasty though. Yeah, there's no evidence that that worked. No. The grease of a hedgehog. I might give that a go. <laughs> Where'd you get that out? Oh, M- make some chi- hedgehog. Might make some chips with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fried with hedgehog grease. Hedgehog <laughs> you just like squeeze a hedgehog. Gives it a rustic taste. Saying that the cost of living crisis. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go squeeze some like hedgehogs on the way home. <laughs> Either of you kill hedgehogs, I will kill you. No, with. I like hedgehogs. Anyway, I think. My mum would be in in the line way yeah. before you if I touched a hedgehog. And I like hedgehogs too. With a bit of salt and pepper. <laughs> and grated puffin. <laughs> to treat a cough, take the juice of whorehound to be mixed with diapendion and eaten. 
Whorehound is a herb plant and member of the mint family that's good for treating coughs. And Diapendion is a confection made of barley water, sugar and whites of eggs drawn out into threads. So it's perhaps a cross between candy floss and sugar strands. Mm. It would have tasted nice and sugar is good for the chest. Still available in an over-the-counter cough mixture as Linctus Simplex. Mm. What, is herbal sweet sort of thing? It's just a cough mixture. Yeah. They're, they're still making it today, basically, that one. Yep. Nice. Linctus Simplex. Mm. For the stomach, to avoid wind, it is the cause of colic. Take cumin and anise, of which of each equally much, and lay it in with white wine to steep, and cover it over with wine, and let it stand still so three days and three nights, and then let it be taken out and laid upon an ash board to dry for nine days and be turned about. And at nice. the nine days' end, take and put it in an earthen pot and dry over the fire, and then make powder thereof and then eat it in pottage or drink it and it shall void the wind that is the cause of the colic. Well, the time you've done all that, you stopped uh, farting, haven't you? <laughs> Again, it's probably one that... Yeah, and they'd have made it up, yeah. yeah. And I'd love to be a medieval apothecary. Oh, this one's my own remedy. I've taken out the ox gall and I've put in a sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> More of them and it's cheaper. Sounds like shrinkflation to me. <laughs> uh, apparently both anise and cumin are carminatives, so this medicine would do exactly what it said in the tin. The herbs dill and fennel could be used instead to the same effect. 20th century gripe water for colicky babies contained dill. Mm. There you go then. Boom. Mm. So a lot of this stuff, because it's like trial and error and they've had like a long if you think about it this sort of stuff's been it's we're saying it's yeah it is medieval medicine but knowledge of herbs and thing predates the romans going back to this country it goes back to the proper celtic days the druids and all that obviously when the christians came in they got rid of a lot of it because they considered it evil you know prayer was better <laughs> in their eyes so you know the the wise woman who lived in the woods would the have wise been, woman the wise woman would have been persecuted. You need to talk to me like that. I'm not a tourist. <laughs> I think we did the same joke last we week. We did, yes. Never mind. <laughs> That's a classic. You know they'd have been persecuted as a witch, or made to move on. So you lose that knowledge. So, so yes, so they had to rediscovering a lot of things, especially when the Renaissance kicked in. Yeah, and we're still finding stuff now, aren't we? Because we find documents all the time from back then. Oh, God, yeah, there's still stuff floating around. I mean, there's probably shitloads in the Vatican archives, yeah. but we'll never read that. Yeah. We lost it all when the Library of Alexandria burned. Uh, all guarded by uh, top men. Top men? Top men. Yes. I'd love to know what's in that archive. I really would. I bet there's some... I most of it's bullshit, but most of it's just, like, there's accounts. Probably lots of, there's probably lots of child paedophilia images. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing because it's tragic but yeah you might be right being the Vatican and all yeah there is apparently it's the largest porn collection in the world there is actually they confiscated it didn't they that's when true they of a bishop what yeah it's back in the day yeah used to have this toilet biggest porn collection in the world apparently in the Vatican <laughs> never yep yeah. anyway enough about Vatican corruption and sleaze so skull knitting Pete Skull knitting! There's always been major risk of death 
whether immediate or in the longer term, with traumatic injury to the head, has often happened in the medieval world. Research has shown that people who suffered brain injury, likely during combat or personal disputes, were 6.2% more likely to die an early death than those who hadn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that's one of the most moot points, really. Isn't it? <laughs> a lot of bludgeoning yeah. weapons in the medieval yeah. period, wasn't there? Yeah, but you get hit on the head, it's well, you get short on your life expectancy. Yeah, I imagine that's the, the same today. Yeah, well, yeah of course yeah. it is. Head injuries are always still like everyone's a bit iffy with them, aren't they? Like, oh no, maybe you shouldn't play football anymore. Hmm. Field surgeons have to do their best to keep people alive as long as possible. One way to do this when a severe injury had been sustained and bone had been fractured was to knit the bone back together. This helped to hold in position the organs that were protected or held in place by the bones so that the body could heal. So what would they stitch it together with though? Basically it involves, say you get a head injury, so you get a nice sword cut down the middle of the head for convenience sake and your brain's exposed. They would gather the fragments of the bone and place it back on top of the head, in place like a jigsaw puzzle. And then mm-hmm. stitch you up and stitch you holds. up, bandage over the top, holds you together, bed rest for that guy, and eventually the bone will heal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, they even knitted skulls. For the upper classes only, though. Between jousting, fights, and combat, head injuries were quite common. Many peasants and knights alike sustained them though only the upper class had access to actual medicine, including school knitting. Yeah. A commoner, you just have to live with your brain not poking out. Died. (laughs) Yeah, they would have. Eventually, yeah. Common sense dictates, if you find, like, you know, if you've got a bit of bone, someone in the village or somebody would be like, yeah, I'll sort of poke it back in, but they wouldn't have any knowledge of keeping your hands clean. No, no, that's it. Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, medicine. Landed in cow shit. They still put it back, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. Well, it's you know, it could be blood, body parts, everything lying around, guts, viscera, a bit of bit of Sir William skull there. We'll put that back in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Poor buggers. Me and Mike were on Medicine hasn't really changed a great deal until the invention. Until someone figured out that it was germs and you had to be hygienic. Mm. Up to that point, all of this was still being used. Surgeons in the Victorian periods were still fucking taking legs off in, in 45 seconds. Yeah. You, know, like you had ether at that point and chloroform to knock you out. But germs, they still didn't know about it. Yeah. That was revolutionised all, didn't it? Just that of course, because as soon as you can identify what's causing the problem and you know how to treat it, yeah. i.e. antibiotics, you're fine. Mm. That's probably what killed most people. It was infection, yeah. yeah. Examination of urine. Big one, the examination of urine. Ancient Greek thinkers like Hippocrates and Galen believed that most of the bodily sicknesses came from an imbalance in the four humours. Black and yellow bile, phlegm and blood. That's how the body works. Them four things. None of them gets out of sync. Too much, too little. You're ill. We'll bleed you. Drawings and manuscripts in the Middle Ages directed doctors to inspect urine. Although the four humours are proven to be fairly nonsensical, the idea was spot on. And the in- instructions we still have today tell doctors to look for blood and other discoloration of the urine. Check the pee. Urine samples, yeah. Mm-hmm. We do it today, don't we? We do. 
Did I ever tell you that tale they had the guys who were like urinologists of their day where they did it all by sniff? <laughs> no. Yeah, they would sniff it and they'd tell you what was up. And the one German king was like, he sent for the best urinologist of his day, he called Roger the Englishman. Mm. Right? And he turns up and he says, I'm going to trick this guy, I'm going to see how good he is. And he gets his pregnant maid to pee in a cup. Yeah, I've said this before, yeah. And he gives it to Roger. I think it's relevant. I'll go through it again. Yeah, yeah, go on. So he takes a sniff and he reports back to the king. He says, tell the king that he's going to give birth to a healthy baby boy sometime within the next ten days. Uh, <laughs> spot on, isn't it? You know, it's mental. And apparently there were people who were really good at it. And even mm. today, like... You watch Scrubs, the song, Check the Pee. Mm. There's a whole song and dance routine about checking pee. Mm. I'm getting uh, into syphilis and... <laughs> <laughs> These are, you know, your pee's cloudy. Hepatitis B. Yeah, the colour, the colour and, yeah. you know. That's it, isn't it? If modern doctors didn't have better means to scullage urine, there's still a telltale sign they could use to determine if someone is suffering from kidney problems or certain other issues. The examination of urine was spot on for making a diagnosis of illness, even if the method of treating the problem wasn't always correct. Yeah. Garlic and the Black Plague. As with all other cases of the bubonic plague, the Black Plague was a horrifying time for Europe. Doctors had zero idea how to combat the deadly bacterium which rippled through the European landscape, decimating populations. Anything that worked to save even one life was held up as a cure at the time because of the sheer terror, basically. People were becoming infected every day with one of the worst of all afflictions. Let's just reiterate, third of the population of Europe dead. Mm-hmm. Affected, I mean, the British population dropped to something like three million. Cool. It was absolutely, it was just the conditions they were living in. It was terrible, you know, it was shit-filled, shit and blood-filled streets up to your ankles in running urine and waste and all sorts, animal waste, human waste. The plague was like a fucking massive wake-up yeah. call and they did, you know, changed a bit, it started to change after that, but it was immense. The medieval nobility and peasants alike found at least some relief in an ancient remedy as simple as applying garlic clove to the open wound or to the site that's prone to spreading infection. The poor might have done especially well as they relied heavily on occult doctors, herbs and spices. And some of these items, such as garlic, were actually effective. Mm, I don't think the poor did any better in the plague, though. No. <laughs> it, was, no. it was mainly them, wasn't it? Well, garlic is a powerful antibiotic. Yeah. 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 It was effective at halting the plague from completely ravaging the body and slowed its progress. And at best, it may have even saved more lives than we've imagined. Well, yeah, they used to say that people did it's survive the plague. It? Not many, but but I do want to be in a court doctor. That sounds awesome. I did the French do with the plague then. Same as us, pretty badly. All of Europe did really badly. Claire, are you suggesting a racial stereotype that the French love garlic, therefore every Frenchman rides around with a string of garlic around their neck at all times? No, but they do like garlic and cheese. They do. They do, but no, they Stereotypes don't come from nowhere, do they? (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. And they they do. They always pull out a cheese platter at the end of your meal. I've been to the France. I want a cheese platter now. I yeah, Mike, where's a cheese board? I love, cheese, a, only I a, love a good cheese board. I do love a good cheese board. Mm. I look forward to that at Christmas more than almost anything else. <laughs> a cheese board. You're a simple man, aren't you, Pete? <laughs> I am. 
bit too middle class for us cheese boards. <laughs> maybe, with a, maybe with a couple of grapes on there. We just have cheese on toast and we're done with it. Shared it. <laughs> I got some Welsh rare bit here. Uh-huh. You know what? That's I didn't bit... know people called that cheese on toast. I just always called it. I thought they were having rabbit on so toast. So did I? I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, it's cheese. And I'm like, what? Well, a bit of Welsh rare bit now, boy. That's a bit exotic for me. Rare yeah, shit. Rare it is cheese on toast, I know. Mm. Would you like some rare bit? No. no. I'd like some cheese on toast. No, I'd like yeah. to call it cheese as well. Yeah. Mm. Twelve right. Worcestershire sauce. Oof. Sprinkle on it. Just a bit of pepper, that's it. Challenge for the Americans. Say that word. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cauterization of wounds. One of the much less fun methods of healing people that stems from the Middle Ages is the process of cauterization, which could be summed up as a rudimentary form of surgery. Cauterization was used for all types of things, not just men who had their arms chopped off on the battlefield. In those cases, they had to cauterize the remainder to keep the men from bleeding out in minutes. However, cauterization also treated infections and smaller injuries. We have quite a lot of evidence of even these smaller types of cauterization, some less than 2.5 centimeters, that's one inch in diameter. Cauterisation is both extremely dangerous and effective in treating wounds, so it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Oh. Its effectiveness lies in its ability to stop bleeding and seal wounds. Its dangers stem from its changing of the chemical proteins in the flesh, which can increase the likelihood and rapidity of infection at the site of injury. While dangerous, if there's little else around and immense blood loss is taking place, cauterisation can definitely save a life, at least for a little while, However, this occurs at the expense of possible infection growing underneath the cauterised tissue and spreading rapidly. This means cauterisation depending on the site and the injury being treated. Sometimes a flat surface will be used, at other times a red hot poker will be stuffed into the location of the wound to cauterise even the inside. Oh, fuck me. So I definitely like an arrow wound or even a sword stab. Yeah, you'd stick that in there, wouldn't you? Oh, fucking hell, imagine that. It says that to all them down, I'm not fucking surprised. Well, they get them drunk as well first, wouldn't you? They get well, you get them drunk and go right, hold him down and just into that fucking arrow wound, wouldn't you? Mm. Oh. Well, you know they've obviously lost, you know, through trial and error, lost so many people pulling arrows out, and then next thing you know, they're dead because they've just bled out. So they're just like, oh, I've got got to sort something, boss. Stick him with the, the, the red yeah. hot poker. Yeah. <laughs> Some sadistic cunt was like, I've got an idea. <laughs> Kill all your boys. Fucking hell, yeah. You know, and if, if six out of ten were living instead of naught out of ten, yeah. you know. It's a result, like, isn't it? Like you said, it definitely kept them alive for longer. Yeah. In the long term, it may have caused other problems, but for the short term, certainly it kept them alive. Well, I mean, you can cure them if the wound doesn't get infected, and presumably... You know, they knew about change. They didn't know about changing bandages and and washing wounds out at least, or trying to keep them clean because they knew that if they got dirty, they get infected. You know, they try. But you know, if you're in the middle of a French field in a tent, I think back then, so, you were, when you're looking at a, a wound, you are going to know the the difference between that's healing and that's getting angry and infected. Mm, you know, yeah. so they're going to know that something going on. They're not going to know what's causing it, like the germs and you, you know what's spreading the infection. But they, that you can see it, can't you? So yeah. they, they weren't blind to it. We, you know. No, that's why you'd have another amputation as well. Say, you know, before that black starts spreading up the leg. Yeah, yeah. Take the next bit off. Yeah. Cauterize it again. Yeah. 
they get metal catheters shoving up his fucking oh. oh my god. Terrible. Um, there is no funny. obstruction. Uh, uh, there is, is there? Unless <laughs> it's kidney stones or something like that. That's one obstruction that could yeah, be, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Smegma. Smegma's not going to stop you pissing, mate. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you're going to some back up a bit somehow, I don't know. A urine retract infection or a bladder yeah. infection is going to be further up the, the pipe and it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be... They've got to get up there, haven't they? And, and the only way to, you know, is to go yeah. where it's coming out of. Yeah. So these catheters were curved to follow the natural course of the urethra up into the body. Typically, several people would have to hold the patient no down shit. while the surgeon inserted the catheter into the person's body. Oh, my God. Old soil catheters actually worked. Just nowhere that. near as effective as today's catheters that mostly, more closely resemble straws and seek to channel the fluid out of the body rather than clearing obstruction with brute force. Yeesh. Mm. Oof. Right, hemorrhoids. For medieval Europeans, the treatment for battered wounds was cauterisation, so it was only a matter of time before inquisitive minds found another use for the red-up pokers then <laughs> lying around. <laughs> The burning of hemorrhoids. Yes, in the Middle Ages, they would actually burn off your hemorrhoids in one of the hot pokers that had just rested in a fire until it was glowing orange. Jesus Christ. Fuck me. The pain. Ow. A hot and poker up your arse. Yeah. That's if they're internal hemorrhoids. It's going straight. You know, there was a, a king of England who was killed by a hot poker up the arse quite deliberately. Mm. Yeah. Just straight up. It did have a name, didn't it, that? type of killing kinky no there is, a, there is a name for it and I can't think what it is well how did they know that sticking the, sticking the red hot poker up their arse wasn't going to seal their arsehole shut well if you've got an external hemorrhoid you're alright I guess so I'll just go right clamp that <laughs> burn it off internal that's something that's just they've got you spread they've probably got some kind of speculum inside your arse mm. you'd hope so you'd have to have wouldn't you because you've got to have enough room to do what you're doing. I bet it would actually work because it is only like a sort of lax mm. blood vessel, isn't it? It does. It, they still do it today, apparently. Hey. It's a hemorrhoid treatment today when creams and typical ointments fail. Oh, many times oh. people will turn to laser surgery to remove the obstructions and end the pain or itchiness that's done yeah. from hemorrhoids. It's a bit more <laughs> I think <laughs> technical today. It's not just a bad of your hemorrhoids got to be if they send you to have them lasered off. Well, the cream hasn't worked. I know. I'm just picturing like the Death Star taking out some dude's hemorrhoids on Alderaan first. <laughs> like, Do my hemorrhoids! <laughs> just makes me feel a bit funny, this one. Yeah, have I had, ever had an hemorrhoid then? Is that why I've had about? Yeah, an hemorrhoid. No, no. Yeah, when I had the shits really bad yeah. one time. And so yeah, just the amount of straining to give myself a little external hemorrhoid. No, an internal hemorrhoid. Mm. Painful, man. Yeah. Very painful. My husband was sitting on a forklift with shit suspension all day, just sort of bouncing on the seat. Oh, dear. For like eight hours a day, just gave me a hemorrhoid. It was, wasn't was fun. So she really messed around with the dreaded finger up the arse. Oof. Yeah. Anyway, what else we got? Parasite killers. Ooh. The eggs of parasitic worms would probably have plagued the guts of many a medieval visitor, and eggs of parasitic worms are found in the old drains here. But, but there's an excavation, and they found all these old sort of remedies. 
Okay. Always alongside a mix of tormentil, a herb that can not only help with parasites but also contains tannin, chinovich acid, and glycosides, which alleviate diarrhea and internal bleeding. Never. Nice. You can use tannin to get rid of fungus gnats in your pot plants at home. Yeah. Indoor pot plants. I should imagine it'll work on the outdoor mm. ones as well. Fair enough. Disinfectants. So there was obviously a slight knowledge. I mean, quick what? Just quick line. That's what they used to. You thought you were only dead when you yeah. throw it in the pit mm. on you. Yeah. Throw the bodies in the plague pit. Quick lime over the top. Dissolves the bodies, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what I did to those. Um, You're the acid uh, bath <laughs> I must remember to think in my brain and not out loud. <laughs> oh, there's pretty too many voices clamouring for space. Yep. Who said that? Was that you? <laughs> yeah, it was me. Okay. Oh, a living person spoke to me. <laughs> Alright, so you have some quick line. Stop the stench. Dissolves yeah. the body. Diet pills. Who wants diet pills? I'll do diet pills. Archaeologists at Sautra also found remains of a bitter vet plant, Lytherius linfolius. This mostly forgotten herb was an appetite suppressant and was used for centuries, often by farmers who wanted to survive crop failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also on the opposite end of the spectrum by the rich. You were a little too well off. Yeah. Uh, so they get it too fat, don't fit inside your armour no more. Yeah. So a hangover cure that's worse than a hangover. While one Scottish, no, it had to be a Scottish doctor that, that found the cure for a hangover, isn't it? Or tried to. <laughs> Whilst one Scottish doctor I know recommends iron brew for a hangover. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It, the sugar. Uh, the yeah. sugar in that it would just mm. being able to rehydrate yourself and that extra burst of sugar would help that so yeah and Lucas Aid's also really good yeah I find a good Mackey D's with full fat coke I'm with you on that yeah mm. bacon butty bacon butty I just start drinking again <laughs> <laughs> crack does it for me <laughs> put down the crack pipe Mike <laughs> but the Augustinians did it a little differently the Augustinian monks. Yes, they mixed toxic seeds from dogs' mercury with liquids left over from salt making in to induce a two-hour bout of vomiting and diarrhoea. <laughs> I'll stick with a hangover. Yeah. Don't it's think like an we. Cap, sort of. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Don't think we'd ever actually want to find out if this one works. We stick with our normal hangover cures, eh? It would make you worse, wouldn't it? Because you just make yourself more dehydrated. Yeah. 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 Your headache would be, oh, terrible. Yeah, that's got to be one of the worst. No, don't take Epicap or anything like that. For no, just drink your way through a hangover. Get some water. That's tomorrow Ben's problem. No, water can make you go... <laughs> Are you thinking hair of the dog? Yeah, hair of the dog. Just water can make you go pissed again. Only, mm. only with certain alcohols. And that is... I'm not sure whether it is true. Perno. Oh, I wouldn't drink Perno anyway. The aniseed liqueur. You get pissed on that, drink a pint of water first thing the next morning, you'd be pissed again, apparently. I have heard that. I tried it, but I, I wouldn't I remember get my friend Perno. Steve, when we used to drink in this pub called the White Art, mm. and they'd run out of beer, and the only thing they had left was like Jack Daniels and Perno. 
And I'm not a massive fan of Jack Daniels, but there's certainly no way on earth I'm drinking Perno. So I'm like, all right, well, give us a Jack Daniels and Coke. He had the Perno. He drank the bottle of Perno. He was vomiting outside. The corner, even weeks later, just stunk of aniseed where he vomited <laughs> up the walls. It was just, oh, it was rank. And it's like, you know what? I wouldn't have touched that shit in the first place. Never mind, drank the entire bottle. But that was Steve. <laughs> Never want to shy away from a challenge or a lack of alcohol. I think I'm sure he told us he drank nail varnish remover once. He did, yeah. Classy lad. Classy lad. I used lad. to know somebody like that as well. His name was Dave. Crazy, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Dave. Everyone knows a Dave. He ate a spoonful of nutmeg, and ever since then, he wasn't the same person. <laughs> <laughs> shit, you not. Shit, you not. Seriously, I think, I think we knew Crazy Dave. It might be the same day. And he, so a a co- only a like couple a of years. No, stealthy Dave. Uh, stealthy Dave. Only a couple of years later, That's he was arrested it. in Shrewsbury. He robbed an old lady with a fucking metal bar and things like that. But the guy that we is knew, the same guy. Is it? Yeah, but the guy we knew. Stealthy Dave. Yeah, I know him. He's Stealthy Dave at Reading. Yeah. He was a bit weird that weekend. A bit twitchy. But honestly, <laughs> he. He was sound as fuck. He was a good lad. Yeah. Worked with, I worked with him. I worked with him at Tibetan Britain when I first moved in Telford. Met him with Rob, Ian and all that lot. We used to hang out. We used to have a good laugh. Then we used to have good laughs and do things like silly things like, oh, look, eat a spoonful of nutmeg then. This is before all these internet challenges came about because that weren't really a thing then. YouTube didn't really exist yeah. or anything. But, yeah, Spoonful of nutmeg fucked him right up. What did it do to him just after that? It sent him like wasted. He was wasted, like trippy wasted. Was he? Yeah. Did you have to take him out? Can't remember to be honest with you. No, he's left in a corner. <laughs> yeah, I know the same guy. He was a bit twitchy, like a bit. Yeah, you know, never again, never a, a twitch. Think Pete Potter waited sharp when he plays Hakes well. If anyone's ever seen that, <laughs> bit of a twitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you are right. <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was a good lad. He was, but, yeah, yeah. He was sound. Mad. But and I just because he was I was in the cadets with him as well. Did you hear about the cumin then? Until now. No, I never heard about that. Because oh. I was in the cadets with him, and he was a really funny, quirky guy. It wasn't cumin, was it? What's it called? Nutmeg. Nutmeg. And then I lost contact with him for a few years because obviously we all moved college and didn't go to the cadets anymore. And yeah, then I heard he mugged some woman, old woman in shoes with a metal pipe. I don't know what he was because he's a tiny little guy, isn't he? Yeah, well, not a tiny little guy, but he, he, he was a weedy guy, really, yeah. wasn't he? But he wouldn't have hurt a fly. No, she knew him. But when he was at Reading, he was stealthy, Dave, and he just vanished and then he'd reappear. Yeah. yeah. God, I wonder what he was doing. <laughs> Probably mugging old ladies with an iron bar. Oh, maybe. Oh, my boy. Yeah, mad. Right, wow. uterine stimulants. Augustine monks were forbidden from practicing midwifery, but even so, archaeologists found ergot fungus and juniper berry seeds. Medieval texts suggest they were used to induce labour or abortion, and it is in fact now known that ergot can cause catastrophic contraction of the uterus. Hmm? So, with someone carrying out midwifery on the grounds, the excavation did uncover some stillborn babies, which either way adds further evidence that something was going on. Now, Ergot was known to abort kids. Mm. That's what you talk. Yeah. If you, you, you In the early days, you'd go and see um, the, wise the wise woman, the wise woman, the wise woman, or the druid, or the priestess. 
and they give you ergot to abort a child. So you'll be tripping balls as you... Yeah, basically, yeah. so you LSD trip that baby out of there. Oh, that, you'll, you'll see that baby's face in the end of blood. <laughs> Terrible. And finally, the... Which, of course, you know, as is their right to abort a child if they want to. Their body, their choice. Barely take this one. Watercress, not just for an egg and crest sarnie, which I always fucking hate. It's alright. Crest crest just tastes watery and tasteless. Yeah, I I would prefer it without the crest, but I will eat it. Egg just smells nasty when it's hard boiled. Yeah, but it tastes nice, so a bit of mayonnaise. How can that taste nice when it smells gross? Tastes no worse than your dog's... Sm- smells no worse than your dog's smell. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was going to say, tastes no worse than your dog's arse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the what? Yeah. Come here, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> eggs taste better. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> what to say. Yeah, but I'm not about to eat Stella's farts either. I'm always, you know, if I was ever going to have a sandwich, I just can't see why people like them. They're all. So you don't do eggs? Not scrambled. It doesn't make much odds. They don't smell like they, that. They do a bit. Mm. When they're cooked. Nice. They always smell eggy. Yeah, they always smell eggy. But anyway, the, perhaps one of the most bizarre finds was a pile of teeth with the remains of watercress, and later some texts have suggested that watercress was used to help stop loose teeth falling out. Judging by a pile of loose teeth, it appears not to have worked. <laughs> or did it? Vitamin C in watercress was enough to reverse the scurvy which caused loose teeth, and seems the monks knew oh. this. Hmm. So there we go. Never. So, medieval medicine. In some ways, <laughs> in some ways, <laughs> yeah. the herbal stuff yeah. seems to have worked. Mm-hmm. We think about it because you've got all that trial and error. The hemorrhoids that still happens. There, there was yeah. a lot of bullshit though. Yeah, almost literally. <laughs> like rub this poo in your face, that'll make you better. Well, even the placebo effect might have, uh, you know, had part mm. to play there. I don't think it helped very much with the bubonic plague though. No, no, no. That was literally just. Everybody's fucked. I mean, in Britain, a lot of monks died. Priests, amongst priests, died in, in the Black Plague in Britain because they were on the front lines of the medical care, trying to pray it away. Pray it away using basic. You know, these the Augustines and the Hospitaliers would have practiced the medicine. That they are, yeah. I should imagine they'd be doing the last rites. Well, they were doing the last rites. It got so bad, so many have been killed that the bishop of the area who'd. If it's the Bishop of Shrewsbury escaped to his countryside res- residence and what kept himself barricaded in. Bishop of Bath and Wells. No, not him. The baby-eating Bishop of Bath and Wells. No, the Bishop of Shrewsbury closeted himself away in his sh- residential estate, Clever kept man. the fires on, and because it, their house, the aristocracy's houses are made of stone rather than wood and, you know, shit, wattle and daub, fewer rats... Get him. Yeah. yeah. Clever man, then, really. Not when he got back to town, he was severely beaten. <laughs> well, a bit of self preservation. <laughs> got so bad, the other village had to come over and ask them to stop beating the bishop up. <laughs> it was a bit of a standoff. Anyway, the point is that the bishop said, like, Look, if you're next to someone who's dying of the plague, you get the authority to do last rites. Okay. That's a sign of how many 
monks and priests had died. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there were bad monks and priests, as always, because a lot of them fucked up and didn't do it. But the good ones did. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to get a cup of water. That's fucking holy water and chuck it over the, the person that had died and then run away. I mean, just imagine, like, doing your neighbour's last rites and he's like, I had sex with your wife. You smother him. No monks can have wives. No, your neighbour's doing it because ah. there's, so there's no monk anymore. Ah. He's dead, so he's like, okay, anyone can do last rites, and he's like, yeah. you got any sins also, to absolve yourself before you rise to heaven? <laughs> I shit in your milk every day. <laughs> <laughs> shit in your milk. <laughs> well, this cunt doesn't notice. <laughs> I wouldn't wear it with a bit lumpy there, Gart. Graham. Maybe piss in your mill. That would I wouldn't why it tasted nutty. I just told you it was chocolate milk. Well, it's chocolate. It's chocolate. It's the middle ages. Exactly. You fell for it. So, yeah, I think the herbal stuff's alright. Obviously, you have any kind of major operation, you've got to, what, I don't know. Fucking 10, 20% chance of survival, 30% of the tops. I think you've been a bit generous. If that, though. if that. But they're onto some stuff. Yeah, they were. Yeah. That were being passed down generation to generation. They're, more they're stuff herbs. in this episode than in the last episode. Hmm. I think more stuff in this episode was more relevant to nowadays than the last lot. Yeah, yeah bloodletting is. That was this. And that was that's where I've been going wrong <laughs> yeah I did try that this week people really shouldn't take my advice on the internet it's not good I fell asleep for about 19 hours <laughs> woke up feeling really weird not good don't try it anyone else got any final thoughts you agree with me for once I don't know about that but <laughs> it would have been a horrible place to live to be fair wouldn't yeah. it I wouldn't fancy it. Fuck no. Not unless I was a member of the aristocracy. I wouldn't yeah. fancy being a peasant. But even then, a cut on your thing, you could still kill you. It could, but at least I'm not wading ankle deep in shit, piss, and animal excrement. That's true. And blood. You know, every day. People throwing shit out the window. Cold turds falling on you first thing in the morning on your way to work. Mm. Neighbour yeah. shitting in your milk every day. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Who needs it? <laughs> And then your king turns up and says, Right, I need some archers. We're all to invade France. <laughs> and you're there for ten years. Mm-hmm. If you survive that If long. you survive that long. Shitting in your own milk. Shitting in your own milk. protein. <laughs> you know, it was a bleak time. Thanks, Christianity. I think it was always going to be a bleak time. It doesn't matter what religion was about the place, was it? I just wanted to get that in. and on that note let's end the show you can follow us on Facebook at Cutting the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse on YouTube at Apocalypse Ball and pretty much most so podcasting platforms as Cutting the Ball in the PTA because we couldn't fit in Post Truth Apocalypse (laughs) so yeah I've been Ben thanks for listening don't do the favourite don't join a call I've been Mike, thanks for listening, peace out, may the force be with you. I've been Claire, keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete, aim low, but shoot high. <laughs>